I started back to dance, finally, after not dancing for since February. Uh, I worked. I celebrated Father's Day with my dad. Uh, and what we did was we went to church. We ate up at Mimi and Papa's and then he took a nap and then we wound up at Aldi. So <laughs> that's how we spent our Father's Day. And he took a nap. <laughs> um... And then on the day that we're recording this, I actually did some cleaning with mom and basically gutted a bunch of my clothes, which specifically t-shirts. It my was, question is, how many hoodies did you get rid of? That wasn't the goal. That was to oh, get rid of t-shirts. You just know that you're not going to get rid of any hoodies. No, but Hallie I did. is a hoarder of hoodies. She's a hoodie hoarder. <laughs> Yeah, hoodie order. Well, the goal was to clean the pull-out drawer underneath my bed because it was a mess, and there were some t-shirts in there that were too small and that I just didn't wear a lot and that I needed to get rid of, and so we managed to get rid of a bunch of those. Uh, we cleaned out my pajama drawer, and now it's practically almost empty, <laughs> and then reorganized my shorts drawer. Uh, we cleaned out the right side of my closet, which is where, like, I have other t-shirts hanging, and just put some of those in the drawer to replace and yeah, we just made it look a lot better than it was. I got rid of some more shoes, which was a necessary. I have so many shoes, it's a problem. And yeah, that's pretty much what I did. See, I have a lot of shoes too, but my problem is I have a lot of shoes, but then when I go to look for shoes, I can never figure out what shoes to wear because nothing will look good with the outfit. I have a lot of shoes, but I have a lot of shoes that are the same shoe. Like, I have those slip-ons, and I have them in white and gray, and gray with cheetah print, and gray that's, like, um, almost like a velvet on top, and then I've got two different pairs of Birkenstocks, I've got, like, three different pairs of Converse, so I have a lot of shoes, but I have a lot of the same shoe. I have so, ton. I have a lot of Converses. I have... I have my white Converse with the Tennessee on them. I have my white Converse that I need to get rid of because they're dirty and have one of them. One of them has a hole in them. I have the gray Converses that were my sister's. Then she gave them to me. I have my red Converse, and then I have um, the gray Converse with the boot with the boot sort of bottom. And then I have another pair of custom Converses that have like the. I don't know what kind of bottom it is. It's almost like a boot bottom, but I don't know. And they are tan. So, yeah, I have a lot of Converse. It's a problem. Today we have a special treat. Sammy is in here with us while we record. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, he's on his ottoman and he is sleeping. So, so far so... Oh, he's up. Nope, just readjusting. Okay. <laughs> um, so he's, he's probably going to be out the whole time. Um, so what I did this week was made myself feel real single. <laughs> I watched a lot of romance movies over the weekend. Um, so it's my own fault. You know, it's fine. Um, I finally finished all of All American and started rewatching. No judgment. Um, I did finally watch, um, The Culpa Mia, which is my fault. Um, the book's out. I need to get the book, but I'm kind of waiting because I went to get the book because it was on the buy two get, or buy three for two 
sale that Amazon was having. I think they're still having it. I'm not totally positive. It was on that list, and I was like, oh, okay, the first one's on there. I bet the other ones are too. Well, what I didn't realize is that the other two books in the trilogy have not come out yet. So I'm going to have to wait because I, I just know, based off of how I felt about the movie, it's going to be like after, and I'm going to need to read like the next book right after each other. So I'm just going to wait till the whole series is out. Um, but it was very good. I loved it more than I thought I was going to love it. I really thought it would be a cringe fest because the plot's a little iffy. <laughs> Um, I don't know how much you know about the plot. I know nothing. I've just seen, like, one thing on TikTok. Basically, her and her mom move in with her stepdad and brother. Um, her brother is the interest. Her stepbrother is who she falls for. That's not any better, but, um... It's interesting, you know. It's, it's a Jason Clary. not related. <laughs> well, no, it's not Jason Clary. It's Jason Clary thought they were blood-related. They're not blood-related. But that's so still weird. It's, it's still a little odd. So when I first read the, um, when I first saw it on Amazon Prime, I read the description and I was like, mm, that seems a little ick to me. I can't do that. So I didn't watch it. Well, then a month or so later is when it started circling my TikTok like crazy because of the car scene. Mm-hmm. And if you've watched it or you've seen it on TikTok, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so I was like, okay. I'm going to watch it. Well, when I went to watch it, I didn't realize that was the movie that it was. And so when I went to look it up on Amazon Prime, I was like, oh, this is that movie. So I watched it anyways. And I actually, like, got over it more. Like, I didn't expect. I thought I was just going to cringe the whole time. And, like, they did a really good job with the plot as far as, like, you just don't even pay attention to it. And so it's not as icky as I thought it would be. Um, It was really good, though. I was thoroughly invested. Her father's, like, abusive and tries to track her down and stuff. And so that's <sighs> emotional damage all over the place. Um, but it was really good. I loved it. And then I watched Beautiful Disaster. Um, so if you've listened to us for a minute, then you know that I did not like this book, Beautiful Disaster by Jamie McGuire. Um, did not like it at all. I thought it was cringy. I loved it until the last two chapters. The last two chapters is what killed it. Um, mostly because it wasn't believable because I was just like, these two characters are so codependent on each other. Like, this is not going to be good. Like, it's it's so cringy and red, like, red flags everywhere how codependent they are. Um, but I watched the movie and they took out all the codependency and it was very, very funny. Like, they made it so funny. And it's the same producers as After. So they had like so many tie-ins to After. There were so many references. It was so funny. Um, at one point, one of the characters is even watching After We Collided, which was wild and made me very emotional. <laughs> and they're like crying on the couch watching the scene. And I'm like, me too. Me too. Me in the theaters. <laughs> Um, me reading the book in my room at 3 a.m. Um, but it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I'm ready for the next one. Um, I like how they handled it. And then I watched Confess on Amazon. I had to buy it. Um, but if you guys don't know, if you've read the book Confess by Colin Hoover, there is a TV show. It's on Amazon. You have to buy it. 
and it was actually really good. I They got pretty close to the book. I mean, the acting was... I give it a B plus on the acting. It's okay. Um, but they did a good job with it. Like, I think that it it was good for what they had with it. Because I feel like it probably wasn't one that had a lot of money to make the show to begin with. Um, one thing really cool about it, though, was um, the girl who plays Auburn played Daphne on Switched at Birth. So if you watch that show like I did religiously, um, you'll enjoy that. Anyways, I feel very single. Other than that, I didn't do much this week. <laughs> Just a lot of catching up at work. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. And today, we are actually going to be doing, I believe, it's our first full-on book review. Yes, it's our first official book review. Yay! And the book we are going to be reviewing is... Realm of Shadows and Flame by B.L. Talley. Um, if you've been listening to us for a little bit, we actually was able to talk to this lovely author. Yes. And we got a lot of cool insight into how this book came to be, her writing process, and lots of other goodies. So and some sneak peeks into future books and series and tie-ins that she's going to do. So if you guys haven't listened to that episode, we highly recommend listening to it. It's fantastic. Even if you have not read her book, I still suggest listening to it. She told us a lot about the writing process and the self-publishing process, which was really cool. So, highly recommend. Um, but yeah, like Hallie said, we're going to be doing our first ever official full book review of this book. Um, we couldn't think of a better book to start off with. I know we had said last week that we might discuss Crescent City, but we've actually decided to save it for next week because... Emily will be rejoining us for a full book review of House of Earth and Blood by Sarah J. Moss. Um, you guys might remember Emily from our Sarah J. Moss episode. So, that is next. Very chaotic episode. <laughs> it's gonna be real fun again. Um, <laughs> so, but this week we are doing Realm of Shadows and Flame by B.L. Talley. Um, this is book one in the Court of Infinites series. Um, but before we get into the official review, Hallie, what are you currently reading? So, my current read is Lightbringer by Claire Legrand. It is the third and final book in the Imperium Trilogy. I'm really excited to see how this book ends, but I'm also very nervous because I don't want any of my favorite characters to die. So, you know, stress levels are through the roof. Um, I am currently reading The Prior of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. I don't think anyone's surprised that I'm actually, still reading it. I actually was going to ask you if you were still on it. Still reading it? Um, to be fair, I read half of it while we were at the beach, which is pretty great because it's a huge book and it's a lot of world building. Yeah. And so half of it to be read the whole week was pretty good, especially because we had like a busier beach trip that I think we've ever had. Like, oh, yeah. normally we have, like, the full day to just sit at the beach, and all I do is read, but this year, like, we couldn't get down to the beach too early because the tide, and then I was playing games, and it was just... Yeah, and we also... the reason Another reason why we didn't stay out very long is because we went out to eat every day because we couldn't exactly grill at the condo because we didn't have a lighter for the grill. <laughs> so Nobody wanted to go buy one. Yeah, so... That's the thing. Yeah, for context... 
I actually don't blame Carmen for still being stuck on that book. It took me a whole month to read that book. It well, and I haven't read it all this week. Like, last week I didn't read it all because I spent the whole week just trying to catch up from work, from being out a week, and then doing some muggle nut things. And so, it just was a very busy week for me. Plus, I had two nights in a row where I met fr a friend for dinner. Um, two different friends, <laughs> not the same friend, um, but two different nights that I did that, so, you know, I was busy. Um, but hopefully this week I can get a little bit more read. Oh, I would like to have two books yeah. when we do our wrap-up. <laughs> yeah. More than one book when we do our wrap-up. It's wrap kind up of, week. with Priory, it's kind of misleading, because the book looks huge. You think it has so many chapters, when in reality, it really doesn't it? It's like what seventy something chapters. Yeah, it's only I think it's seventy four or something. And the chapters are really not that long. It's just it's it's a lot of information to take. Yes, in. and I read the book in its physical copy. So the way it's like formatted, it makes the book look bigger. So yeah, it's an well, and I'll say like I'm halfway through and I'm still trying to like put together in my head. You're still learning things. Where certain characters are. It's not like I know who Ede is. I know who Tanya is. Tanya. I can never remember like their names because it's they're so complicated they spelled. I know who each of the characters are. It's just trying to remember okay this is the character that's in this place. This is the character that's in this place. So it's just trying to remember where everybody's at. <laughs> there's a lot. Um, I will say, though. a lot of characters. There's a lot of characters, and there's a lot of stuff going on in that book. It's wacko. <laughs> yes. So, still reading that. Um, but anyways, without further ado, we will go ahead and get into our topic for the day. Full book review of Ramble Shadows and Flame by B.L. Talley. Um, before we get started, I do want to go ahead and say this is going to be a spoiler-filled episode. If you have not read Realm of Shadows and Flame, proceed with caution because we will be giving spoilers for the book as we discuss. Um, so if you don't want spoilers and you hear a spoiler, I, that's on you. <laughs> um, but we're gonna I'm going to kind of give some different topics for the review, so... I'm going to talk about the plot, some trigger warnings, um, I have a full outline of the book, and then just some d additional notes that we have. Um, and as we get through the outline, we'll stop and discuss certain moments, because there's going to be some discussion <laughs> along the way. Um, but, just to start us off, the plot of this book, um, myths of the sun and the moon have circulated for millennia throughout Albion. They were the stories Renata Orion was raised on. But the day Finn Tirich fell from the sky, chosen as the new phoenix, those stories became more than legends. Along with her sister and friends, Renata is selected to train for the Ira Diorum, an ancient elite force. Together, they must face the king's trials and question where their loyalties truly lie. As they continue their journey together, secrets are uncovered, lies are told, and betrayal lurks around the corner. Renata must decide on who to trust and what to believe. Are the legends truly just stories told at bedtime? Or is Renata doomed to repeat the fate of the past? Dun, dun, dun. Um, some trigger warnings include grief, loss of loved ones, death, attempt attempted sexual assault, violence, and depression. So, proceed with caution. 
I bid thee farewell. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just to kind of get started. So this book starts out with Finn. Starts out on a bang. I'm going to let you hold this so I can fiddle through this because I have the pages marked. Okay. Um, so this book starts out with literally first chapter, Finn becoming the phoenix. Um, he literally goes up in flames and combusts. <laughs> Um, upon entrance to this book. The day the boy fell from the sky, I finally understood the stories. I believed he was my son, and I was destined to be his moon. But unlike the stories my mother would tell, we were the exception to the ill-fated love fable. We would not end in tragedy forever out of the other's reach. No, I would not let that happen. He would be mine, and I his, for eternity. Equal in all things, nothing would ever tear him from me. I would make sure of it, because I did not believe in fate. That is your ending to the prologue of this book. So, literally starting off with a bang. Um, and then chapter one is where it goes into him actually, you know, screaming... Um, utter rage and pain, combusting, and rising from the ashes. <laughs> um, so yes, we start off with that. <laughs> Literally, my reaction to that while I was reading, I was like, what <laughs> is <Yes>. happening? <laughs> I, well, because I had read the plot, and so when I read that first chapter, I was like, oh, he's dead. What? And then he was reborn, I was like okay, um, so this is like Fox from Harry Potter. That's fine. That's cool. Phoenix rising from the ashes. I get it. I'm with you. Um, so yes, definitely hooks you right off the bat. A lot of times, um, the easiest way, I would say the easiest and the best way to get your reader hooked is just to throw them right in the, in the middle of the action. Cause then you're like, wait, whoa, what's happening? Yes. Who are all these people? Exactly. Um, so, just to kind of give you guys a little bit of what Britt tells us about the history behind the phoenix. Um, the lore surrounding a phoenix was held with a long tradition of praise and worship that could rival any king and queen. Even though the phoenix was the, most, was the single most powerful being alive, host of the spirit of the sun, the kings of old had made sure to harness the phoenix's fire and power for their own selfish use. Establishing a long-standing alliance of power between the two, it was only with the aid of the phoenix that the kings of Albion had been able to conquer the land in the name of the sun god, effectively extinguishing the realm of night. Only one city remained in the realm to the north, beyond the impasse of Mount Cresslier. So this kind of gives you a look into the world building. So she, this is what I really love about Brit's writing is... She gives you world building without throwing it in your face. It's done to explain the situation at hand. So she's telling the reader, like, what the phoenix is. Finn's become the phoenix. Here's what it is. While also throwing you in a little bit of some past by letting you know that the realm of night does not exist in this realm of day as what is conquering the world right now. Yeah. So, little tidbits. It's... It's exposition, but it's not info dumping like some authors do. They'll just yeah. give you, like, pages upon pages of lore, but that is stuff that's not even relevant at that time. What Britt does is she shows you something happening and then explains it, and that's what I really like about it. it but it's also very concise. It's just straight to the point. 
Yes. And you kind of get the introduction into the different types of fae as well. Um, and so she talks about how all of the phoenixes that have become phoenixes over the past 500 years have been, or over the past, of like, all of millennia, um, have been what is called select fae. Um, so Brick kind of gives you this look into a different type of fae than what we've normally seen from authors. And so you have select fae, you have quarter fae, and I believe lesser fae is another one. Um, and then just, you know, higher fae. Um, so Renata is a high fae. Um, and a character we get introduced to later is Imran. She is a quarter fae or a lesser fae? I think lesser. I could be wrong. We'll figure we'll, it out. We'll get there. Um, but Select Fay lived on average 500 years. Um, and each rebirth of the Phoenix lasted only as long as the Fay host remained alive. So another thing that I think was really neat is that once you become a Phoenix, that don't mean nothing. Yes, you're extra powerful, but you can still be killed. Yeah, it doesn't exactly make you immortal. You can still die. Yes. Um, which is interesting yes. because you would think that if someone becomes a phoenix, if you kill them, they'll just come back to life. But no, if you kill them, they just die straight away. Yes. Um, so we start out with Finn becoming the phoenix and you kind of get your introduction into the world. Um, and then after that, you know, the town hears of all this and here comes the king and Kellex. Um, <laughs> which is the crown prince um, and king of Albion. Um, so we do have them coming for Finn. Um, and so Finn goes with the king, even though Renata does not want him to. There, There's so many underlying red flags, like, right off the bat. Like, Finn's like, don't worry, baby, it's going to be okay. I ain't going to forget about you. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's shoo. It's not good. And when you first meet Calix, he just immediately comes across as just a butthole. <laughs> well, because he doesn't even like. As Finn's leaving with the king, she's literally shouting from behind the crowd, "Finn, don't go." You're supposed to say goodbye to me. And he literally doesn't even, like, try to go to her. He's basking in the glow of everybody celebrating him. And he just yells, don't, or he's, I'll write Renata. I'll write really soon. And then off he goes. Nothing. Not a kiss. Not a hug. It's Not been, a wave. Um, you know, and we'll kind of get to see more of it later. But there's always, like, especially with Finn... Sometimes, I'm trying to find it in mine, um, you know, he finds out that he is chosen to be the host for the sun god, and he becomes this phoenix, and he sees that, oh, I have all this power, and it starts to become like that power starts to go to his head. Oh, 100%. Immediately it does. Immediately. He becomes, and she even clocks it too, he becomes a different person. Yeah, there's sometimes the saying, like, how power can bring out the worst in people, but see, my thing with it is I've always kind of wondered if as he became the phoenix, if a little bit of that, like, godlike soul is in him as well, and it's, and he's not fully Finn anymore. Maybe like the, maybe like the sun gods 
force force of will to conquer everything sort of seeped into Finn's head and it kind of just took took influence yes. over him. Well, because I wonder if, like, as he's reborn, a part of his soul died, is, is dead, and he kind of, and is replaced by past Phoenix's souls, and, you know, if he's not fully himself. That's a good question to think about. I didn't realize that. Well, theory for you to ponder upon as we continue. Um, so in the next chapter, we kind of get a look into Renata's past. So she has a flashback to the death of her parents, and they died in a fire, along with her two small younger brothers, which was just so sad. Um, so basically just kind of, you know, give the listeners a little insight we have you know if you've if you listen to this you probably already know um because i doubt you're listening if you don't want spoilers um so we have renata and archer are the characters that we know they're set up as those two sisters renata is our main character um but we do find out pretty early on that she you know they had their parents and they had two small younger brothers um and they died in a fire and it's really kind of crazy, and these are the moments where I got real strong, like, influences from Bloom in Winks. Oh, yeah! Because right off the bat here, there's several indications where I was like, oh, did Renata start the fire in her sleep? Yeah. I got those vibes. I'm just saying. We didn't start the fire. I'm sorry. Um... So, after that, we kind of get introduced to more of the main characters. Um, so, Renata and Archer go to daily training sessions where they get to see their friends. We have Skye and Cade, who are brother and sister. Um, we've already set up Cade as very, like, him and Renata used to be friends. He wanted to be more than friends. She shot him down, and now he's bitter. Um... <sighs> I have a love-hate relationship with Cade. Sometimes I love him. Sometimes I really want to punch him in the throat. Like, square in the jaw. Um, but anyways, we have Cade and Skye, which is set up as our other brother-sister duo. I thought Skye was very interesting right off the bat. That she literally... Ha half her hair is silver and the other half is black. So, we can basically call her Narcissa Malfoy. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> um... And then we also get introduced to Imran, who is dating Cade and is one of the other friends, and she is the lesser fae. Um, and She's then, precious. Yes, I love her. Um, and then we have Soren, who is... Let me make sure I'm saying that name correctly. Where is the... No, that's the bad guy. Wow. I think that's it. No, there's the other girl, Sky's girlfriend. She has like Sky's girlfriend. What is her name? Uh Senna. Yes, Jesus. Um so we do have introduction to Senna too, who is like the leader of their training camp. Um she's a very skilled, very warrior-esque and it's already kind of given away that she is from a different land and nationality where she was basically trained. And I'm not convinced that she's not part of, like, Wonder Woman's Amazonian <laughs> women. Yeah. Um, so, and then you find out 
that her and Skye are together. So, you know, we're establishing relationships right off the bat. Friendship duos, relationships. Broken friendships. <laughs> families. Yes, broken friendships. So, establishing all that right off the bat, which is very fun. Um, but we do get introduced to the lesser fae. Um, so, we have most of the fae and Furiel were select, though a handful of half fae and even fewer lesser fae lived among us. Humans were even less common, but there were a few. So, you kind of get your introduction to the Fae bloodline. I don't know why Sammy's laying back there all randomly. Um, so, Imran is one of the lesser Fae, and the, uh, the rest of them are select Fae. Um, so, they are the higher. Yep. So, uh, after they kind of have their training session, and we're establishing our friendships, um, Calyx returns to get the group, the friend group, and we have the first look at Calyx being very, very sketch towards Renata, because he gives her that look. She gets up on the horse, and he's staring at her, and she's like, do you want a picture? And he just looks straight ahead. <sighs> Calyx is... He's an enigma, I will say. That was the beginning of my spider sense was tingling. Also, okay, so he comes to get them, but before they go, oh wait, no, okay, so this one's kind of, I marked this specifically for you and I in this moment. Okay. So the night before they... Calyx comes to get them. They have a training session. They have a training competition. Um, so once it's over, Renata looks at Archer and says, yeah, whatever. Come on. Let's go, go home. home. <laughs> I marked it. <laughs> so for those who don't know what Allie and I are talking about, there is a... Um, cast interview out there with the cast of Shadow and Bone, and they're supposed to be making each other laugh, and Ben Barnes, at one point, he gets Freddy to break, because he goes, come on, let's go home. And I, Tally and I love that so much. It's so funny. So, anyways, I had to mark that. <laughs> so, we have, um, some more nightmares and memories of the night that she met Finn, and then there was a fire, in the forest and there wasn't and then all of a sudden there was more indications to the fact that Renata might be starting those fires um so then arson I mean unknowingly so then we have Calyx coming for all of them um and they fight for Imran to come too because they say that Brett I know she's lesser fae but we will simply not come if Imran's not coming so then Calyx is left with no choice but to let Imran tag along. Um, and so you kind of get to see a little look into um, more of the friendship duo and how close they actually are, which was really neat. Um, Very much a found family situation, sort of. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I was reading. Like, distraction. Okay. Yep. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. I'm loving. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so they get to the castle, um, and, you know, Flynn shows... Flynn? Flynn. Finn, hello. <laughs> um, so then Finn shows up, um, to greet them. You know, we have the big Renata and Finn reunion. And then Ugh. Finn decides to show Renata around the castle. And there is this line... Which, thanks to Sarah J. Moss, I cannot read with a straight face anymore. Of course, let's see what kind of wingspan the host of the sun god has been blessed with. Oh, no. Thank you, Sarah, for ruining that forever. Um, so he shows her around, and they actually end up going for a flight. A whole new world. Literally. <laughs> um, but before that, um, he's showing her around... And then um, takes her to the king, where the king, you know, welcomes them all and tells them of the Ira Diorum, which is this ancient elite force that is basically meant to not only protect the phoenix, but also serve as basically his own personal unit. So he's the leader of a army, essentially. A small army. Um, and so they find out that they are in direct competition, um... With another group of six, which includes Soren and Kaldor, which are these two very awful characters that are introduced immediately as the bullies. They are the bullies of the story. Um, Quite literally. And so, um, basically the king tells them there's going to be this competition and that not all 12 of them will be in the elite force. Um, so many will be... Um, asked to leave. It could be all 12 of I believe it could be all 12 of them if they do not disappoint him was like the landing line was do not disappoint me. Um, and Renata goes on to say that she knows that do not disappoint me means if you disappoint me, you're not just being sent back home, you're being sent to the chopping block. So better get it together. Um, and so then we ensue our original, our Beginning of the competition, which is one-on-one -on -one fights, um, and Ren fights Calhex, <laughs> of which she loses severely, um, and is taken to the infirmary. <laughs> it's just not good. Um, which I really liked this, like, setting up of this character, which you got a, you got a glimpse at it earlier with the training sessions. For once, we have a main character in a fey storyline that the character cannot fight. They actually suck. <laughs> um, because I feel like even with Sarah J. Moss's stuff, I mean, you got Feyre, who's not, in the beginning, she's not the strongest, but she can fight. She can hold her own pretty decently. Yeah, I mean, like, she would go out and hunt with a bow and arrow to, like, feed her family, and that's pretty much right. all she did. And Renata didn't have a lot of skills. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to kind of see that come to fruition. And if not for Finn, Homegirl wouldn't have been invited to the Aradiorum. That is very true. The only reason she was there was because of Finn. Um, so they have the one-on-one -on -one fights. She fights Calyx and she loses. And then to cheer her up, Finn shows Renata his wings and they go on their little adventure around... Around the bend, just around the river bend. Um, Lots of Disney <coughs> references. I apologize. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, well, then 
to kind of keep the friendship alive. They go to the local tavern to have drinks, which is what they do at the end of every week. That is their, like, normal tradition in the village in which they live. <clears throat> and the red flags with Finn begin. And it keeps going. Um, he's such a trash human being. I can't stand him. He's the worst. Well, technically, he's not human anymore. But, again... Doesn't matter. He's still flaming dumpster fire. Um, yes. He ends up giving them, ex- or giving Renata excuse upon excuse as to why he can't go. Renata, don't you just know? I'm the phoenix now. I can't be bothered with your trifling little child games. That's not what he said, but it's basically what he said. Um, so he does not go. It's the beginning of the red flags. Um... The next day, Renata accompanies Archer to the library and makes Cyrus. Um, Archer's been going to the library quite often, so she's met Cyrus. That's another reason why I love her. She goes to the library. Another reason why Hallie and Archer are the same person. Um, And then, so Renata goes. She meets Cyrus. Cyrus kind of gives her, like, a brief tease at saying, like, basically, I know some things about you that you don't. I know something you don't. <laughs> Literally. Um, and I, love Cyrus. I love Cyrus. So, kind of get the sense of that. I love it when characters go into, like, an, I- an ivory. Over the... A library, and they meet this, like, older man that works in there and gives them all the backstory and history stuff. I love that trope. <laughs> I just love that he calls Archer Little Moon. I know. And, listen... Renata might be quite dumb because she goes a lot of this book without, like, having any knowledge of what her past might be. And I'm like, your last name's Orion. Did you not think your family had something to do with the Realm of Night? Yeah. Hello. And then he calls Archer a little moon, knowing good and well he knows everything. It's like that song. Yeah, she knows. She like, knows. He didn't give... He gave her so many clothes. Poor Renata. Anyways. Um, so she meets Cyrus and then returns to her room, upon which the Finn red flags have blossomed <laughs> and they're large and proud <laughs> and they're out there, folks, because in a fight about his responsibilities and how Renata just doesn't understand. You don't understand. Um, he burns Renata. He grabs her wrists, won't let her go, and burns her. He's the worst. I'll never forget. I was reading that, um... I think I was reading that while my mom was getting her nails done. Obviously, I was in a public place. I couldn't scream and at my invisible cameraman, but I was like, what the heck? Yes. And see, this is where I think, like, this is where my theory comes from that I think he's not fully himself because when it happens, he almost goes into, like, a hypnotic state and she finally, like, gives, like, an outburst scream and that's, it shakes him out of his, like, oh, stamina. Because she says... Okay, that's interesting. I screamed, Finn, please. All I could hear was the echo of my family's screams, their failed attempt at freedom, stuck burning to death in the walls of their own home. 
The last outcry shook him, and he let go. His eyes returned to their normal amber, and his tattoos dimmed. Shocked, he lifted his hand. His hands. Smoke trailed between us, and my skin still glowed a bright red from the heat of his flames. And so I think he... That's what I'm saying. I don't think Finn was fully himself. I'm not excusing anything. Britt, if you're listening to this, please tell us we're right. <laughs> but he went into quite a bit of a stupor. When this was happening. I've never realized... From I, his rage. I never... Look at us theorizing over here like like all the Sarah J. Moss readers theorize with her books. My gosh. Rage. Um, and then we get the um, line that everybody loves. Ah, who did this to you? Um, she runs into Cade in the hallway and he gives the line of who did this to you. And see, this is why I'm saying you need to go listen to our interview with Britt. Because Britt gave us some insider information that when she originally wrote the book... Her original plan while writing was for Cade to actually be the love interest. Which is interesting. Yes. I think that's, I think that was a cool, like, first idea, but I actually like how it ended up turning yes, out. Yes, I do too. So I think that was interesting. Um, and then in fleeing from Finn and trying to flee from guards, Renata ends up in the royal wing and runs into the one and only... Calix. I mean, we love him. What are they doing out there? Um, They're watching baseball. <laughs> after that, she goes to the library um, in which Cyrus gives her the books that she needs and basically tells her everything without fully telling her everything. They hear guards coming for him and he leaves. Right? Yeah, he disappears. Um, so they hear guards coming, so he brings her to his room and tells her to get down into the sewer grates, basically. Gives her a bunch of books to take with her. She's not to tell anyone. And then as guards co- are coming in, she is beneath the floorboards and he is taken. I presume he's dead. I don't think he's going to be alive. That's probably true, but I've always been of the thing. Nobody's dead unless there is a body that is described, so. Yeah. I just. I, I hope he's not. Feeling. I. I think he's dead, but there's just that small part of me that doesn't want him to be dead because of Archer. Yes. Sad. So, um, then we have, um, basically a big fight erupts within the, uh, competition, and with all the competitors competing for the Iridiorum, um, a fight erupts, and the king expresses his disappointment, and he's sending them on a mission, and he is now giving them a deadline. They now have 45 days to complete their training. Um, they did not really have a deadline before, so now they definitely do. <laughs> um, and he's sending them on a mission, um, and to not further disappoint him. So, the mission that he sends them on is to collect information on a small village. And basically, they're trying to sense if there's been rumors of a rebellion of the Realm of Night. So, they're trying to get a feel for that and see if there's anybody that is the leading cause of the rebellion. So, they go to question the town. Um, She learns more about the Moon Goddess by reading the books from Cyrus, Renata does. Um, And... She continues to learn as um, things escalate at the castle. Um, in the next fight that she has to ensue, she has to fight Soren, and that does not go well, and she ends up in the infirmary again. So, you know, 
all's well that doesn't end well. Um, so after she fights Soren, she decides, hey, I need to kick this thing into high gear and begins her training with Kallax, which we all love. Listen, that was my moment. I was like, okay, yeah, he's a love interest. Because <laughs> when they start training together, that's your sign. That is 100% true. It's the man, the myth, the legend. Yes. Prince Kallax. <sighs> Literally love him. Um, and as Renata begins to learn more about her past, um, she realizes that she needs to go home, that she's seen something at her house. She knows is at her house and knows is what she's missing. It's the information she needs. So she grows, grabs Archer and goes home and finds a lot of things out, my friends. A lot, a lot. Um, so they head home, they get to the house, and they find a box that they had never opened because it was their parents, and they didn't want to feel that pain. Um, upon opening it, she smells her parents and relives some memories, along with two blades. So she finds these two blades. They are nightshade blades. Um, they have belonged to every eldest child of Orion since the first. And before that, they belonged to his wife, Astera, Astera Renata, the daughter of the moon and night, wielder of shadows and flame. Bum, bum, bum. Play your escalation music now. Um, so when Archer asks how she knows this, she tells her that Cyrus um, is the reason and he gave her all the books. Um, and they basically bond in that moment over Cyrus possibly being dead. So there's that. Um, da, da, da. So in the same box, they find not only swords, but Archer finds bows and arrows, or a bow and arrows. Um, she ran her long, she ran her hand along the bow shaft and stood, lifting it in front of her. When she notched an arrow, I noticed that the tip was made of the same material as my blades. Black nightshade had been carved into an arrowhead. She drew an arrow back, and the bow began to glow. The moonlight in the room caressed her, creating a halo of light. Our mother had been a moon fay. This much we knew. But seeing Archer like this, she looked like she could be the moon goddess herself, her silver eyes glowing. So, another thing I think was really interesting is that it wasn't just... There's not a huge hero complex here. It's not just Renata and she's the chosen one. Archer's got the same situation going on. She's using a bow and arrow that is made of the same stuff as Renata's blades. She's glowing like Renata does with the blades. And so it's not just Renata. I mean, knowing what we know what happens at the end of the book, yes, in that moment, Renata is the chosen one. But in a lot of ways, her and Archer are both the chosen ones. Mm -hmm. And I saw a post that Britt put saying, like, Archer will go through a character arc herself eventually. Well. And I'm really... It better not be a painful one. I know. <laughs> um, so, upon their return, um, Renata apologizes to Cade, trying to fix things. Um, and he tells her, you know, it's not fully fixed, but we'll work on it. Um, and then the trials begin, and... Renata is the first to go, and when she gets into the ring, she realizes very quickly that this is not going to be a fair competition, because she has to fight two giant fey men, 
But hey, that's okay. She whips out her two swords. She's ready to rock and roll. Um, she fights very well. Um, and I'll, another, I'm telling you, I love the realisticness that Brit writes. That Renata doesn't just win with flying colors. She doesn't come out the hero in the end. Renata gets hurt. She gets severely hurt. Nearly loses a lot. And in the end, she stabs and kills the last man standing while he also stabs her. Renata is laying on the floor dying as she looks up, sees a blurry form come into frame, and sees them killed. And dun dun dun, Imran is dead. <laughs> I threw the book across the room. I was like, I'm still by her. It was very much a sorcious situation. Oh my gosh. Oh no, the sorcious situation comes later. Somebody else gets the sorcious. <laughs> there's two. There, there's two Heads people. Heads will roll. <laughs> if you've read, if you've read Throne of Glass, you'll know what we're talking about. Yes, specifically Air of Fire. <laughs> yes. So, Imran is dead. Sad, sad day. That come out of left field. I was. That was very sad because she screams out for her. She's looking at Archer because she's dying and she wants to go to Archer. And also, Cade's screaming and I'm just like, oh, the pain, Cade emotional need- damage. Not only all of these characters need therapy, Cade needs, like, just the most. Cade needs... I don't know what Cade needs. Cade needs a lot. He needs special help. Um, <laughs> so, just to kind of read you a little bit of what happened there. Um... Okay, I'm trying to see where I need to start. Alright. Um, my mind began to slip as my body succumbed to the wounds. Before I faded, I gathered my feeble strength to raise my head and meet the king's dark, soulless eyes. I put every ounce of hatred into my gaze, and I swear at that moment, I felt my skin burn with the shadows of an icy flare singing through my hands. God, I love that line. But whatever foreign power had pulled inside me was snuffed out as I sunk to the floor. And in the haze of the encompassing encompassing oblivion, a haunting wail broke through the fog. And I knew Cade had seen, our friend, his partner. Imran lay dead at the foot of the king. Ouch. That was just straight up. That felt like a, I felt like an arrow had just went through my chest. I was like... What? Pain upon pain. And at Hello that, darkness, my old friend. And that is the point of the book where stuff it just goes downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, the whole book is just one downhill stroll. Um, so this is when it turns in from a stroll into a sprint <laughs> down the hill, rolling as fast as I go. Um, so Calix takes Renata to the infirmary again. <laughs> this girl. Um, and I always kept thinking something was going to be up with Camilla, the little infirmary nurse. Camille? Camilla? Yes. I thought something was going to be vibing there. Haven't quite found out if there is something there, but I think something's vibing. I think she's got a little something, something going on. She's like Elaine. <laughs> I honestly thought that her and Calix were going to have a thing, but she hasn't so far. So far. Yeah. Could happen later. Um, and, uh, Calix stays with her as she heals, 
and him staying with her as she heals is like so beautiful um he tells her the story of his brother being whipped in front of him which very much gives me the same vibes as when jace tells the story about how his father made him raise the falcon and then he made him kill the falcon that was traumatizing depression i hate that story and when i watched the movie and when i watched the show when he got to that part i was going Oh, no, not the Falcon, Jace. Not the Falcon, my friend. Sad day. Um, so, he stays with her as she heals. Um, and this is when they really start to kind of bond. Because beforehand, he was helping her train, but they weren't really... Still weren't getting along. She still, like, really hated him. Um, so at this point, she is basically full-on dead set against Finn. Um, Which, thank you. She spotted the red flags, and she's out for blood. It's like that, it's like that TikTok sound whenever, I've been waiting for this one for her to finally pull the blinders off. Um, To give you a little look into her time with Calyx, three times a day, Calyx returned. Each time, fresh, hot food sat on a clean tray, and each time he sat next to me, wiping a tear and accompanying me in the silence of my pain. (laughs) ouch again um but she really kind of goes this is when renata really starts to go through like real character development um she you know she's healing from this injury she's beat out this competition she's in the iridiorum but she's out for blood like officially done with finn we're done with the king I'm not about it. They've killed my best, one of my best friends. I'm not here for it. Um, and so this is when you really start to see her go through some character development of like pure depression. A lot of it. Um, so they have a ball to attend for all those who made it through the Ira D. Orm trials. Um, so they're all invited to this ball. Calyx sends her off to a dress shop where... All this fabric and the dress has been picked out for her. She thinks it's Finn. Not Finn. Um, And while there, the lady comforts her because she does have, like, a breakdown. Bless it. As would most. (laughs) Um, Oh, there's the line. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, we get to the party. She thanks Finn for the dress. He says... I don't know what you're talking about, Willis. And she realizes that it is Calyx that got her the dress. And... Did I miss something? Oh. Um, and before she go, Well, I missed something. Let me go back. Put it in reverse, Terry. Um, so before she goes to the ball, while she's trying to go get Archer so they can get ready together, she runs into Cade, says, like, hey... Um, we still good? And he's like, nah, I'm reverting back to my old self. He's literally, like, the Reddit version of Am I the Asshole? <laughs> um, do you saw, he took, he took two steps forward and then, like, ten backwards. <laughs> yes. Um, so he goes basically back to, like, no, nah, I'm out for revenge, I'm out for blood, this ain't it. Um, but anyways, they get to the party, and Renata dances with Calix, which is beautiful to me. Um, they dance quite a bit. Um, and then we have my favorite part of the book. <coughs> I'm going to read you a little something, something. 
I do not want to be your friend. I pulled back at his words, distancing us as the dance continued. I want to be the ground you walk on. I want to worship at your feet and between your knees. I want to make you hum in anticipation from a single glance across a crowded room. My knees began to shake, and I gripped his arm for support. The room began to disappear around us as he said, I want to be the one you trust and the one you turn to. I crave your body, I long for your mind, and I weep at your touch. If you let me, I am yours, Renata Orion. Body, mind, and soul. Can you say Pride and Prejudice? Because that's straight up, like, the room disappearing around them. They're the only ones in the room. Mind, body, and soul. Bruh. It gave me all the shivers. <laughs> I was all the goosebumps. Bl- I was blushing while I was reading it. I was like, I was like, <sighs> I was like, I will never find a man like that. No. <laughs> Super single vibes. Um, so, she dances with with Calix. Um, Finn steps in. She Ugh. continues to dance with Finn as she learns that he is not the one that bought her the dress. Calix is. And then she dumps him in the best way. And it's like Hallie always says. It's like Eleven and Mike in season three. I dump your ass. Yep, it's literally like she embarrasses him the way she da- she breaks up with him, and it's beautiful. She it's like kiss. in front of everybody. It's just loud the way yes. she does it. I was like, "You go, Renata. Give him a taste of medicine." I love it. He's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. Um. So then after that, um, Renata is leaving, and Archer leaves with her. And this is when we get to the chapter that makes me very nervous. And um, at the beginning of the chapter, we have a trigger warning for the chapter. Um, Please be aware that this chapter contains mention of attempted sexual assault. If this triggers you or believe it may trigger you, please skip this chapter. And this is chapter 33. I, you know, I've read a lot. I've never seen a single author do that. No. Which I love that she does that. And the fact that you can skip the chapter, like, it's not like it's going to hold any information that you need. You can still hate these characters without reading this chapter. Um, so, this is at the point where I annotated in the book, Color Me Nervous. Um, so, Renata and Archer are attacked by Caldor and Seren, and they knock out Archer, um, they have Renata pinned, Renata fights them off, gets to Archer, gets her up, and gets her running for help. Um, Archer runs, and Renata is attacked again. She barely escapes and flees straight to Calix's room, um, and upon which suffers severe emotional damage. <laughs> um, Renata goes through it for quite a bit more of this book. She literally gets... Like, she goes into his room, doesn't even look at him, just undresses and gets in his bathtub, which is already full with water, and basically attempts to drown herself. And he pulls her out, and she goes through a very depressive state. She cries several times, scream crying, like, guttural screams. Calix cries with her a few times as he holds her, um, and she really goes through it. 
Um, and then this is the point where I got some serious red flags because um, he basically tells her to block it all off, you know, don't worry about it. And she basically hits the um, humanity switch. Humanity switch. Like, if you watch the Vampire Diaries, you know what I'm talking about. Ugh. Um, and she turns her emotions off, essentially. That's, she basically decides. So it's literally the same as the humanity switch in the Vampire Diaries, where they can focus on a certain emotion. And usually it's rage. And that's what she chose. She chose to focus on rage. Um, she woke up and chose violence. Um, Quite literally. So she turns her emotions off. Um, and it. At one point, she finds that box that was from her parents, um, and in a rage, throws it across the room. It busts, and she finds a letter from her father explaining that she is, da-da-da-da, the Dark Phoenix. At this point, I have a question. At this point, did you already know she was the Dark Phoenix, or did this come as a surprise to you? Um... I kind of, I kind of had an instance, maybe she's some sort of phoenix, like maybe another half. I knew there was something up from her, up with her from the get-go, but it took me a little bit to figure it out. So I would say yes and no. I knew there was something going on. I knew she was the dark phoenix. I was confused. The journey to get there was quite surprising. I knew she was going to be the dark phoenix. I was like, there's no way she's not. But the journey to get there and discovering little things along the way, like who she was, like actually, mm-hmm. was kind of crazy. Um, so at this point, like I said, she's turning her humanity off, and so she begins to have like verbal relations with Calix <laughs> and does a lot of teasing the man. The Literally. Poor man. I don't know if it was Calix or if it was Archer who said that they're like, are you okay? And she's like smiling. She's like, yeah, I'm fine. I was like, uh, that's not concerning Red in flag. the slightest. <laughs> Listen, Renata becomes a full out tease to Calix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they are sent on their official mention- mission as the Iridi Orum and they ride for the village that they were at beforehand that they were questioning and this village is Pyros. Um, and that is the village, like I said, they were questioning them in the beginning. It's um, technically another Winx Club reference because there is a point where Bloom goes to this other planet to learn more about the Dragonfire and it's called Pyros. What the heck? <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, so upon getting there, they are planning to start pretty much war, um, with the people that- Great. <laughs> the people that are- rising up for the realm of night are there to kind of head them off and that's what they're going for is to have that war with them um and at this point um renata and gang decide that hey we don't really give a crap anymore you killed our friend you're on your own kid um (laughs) and taylor swift reference you always have been and um they betray the king's legion which honestly good for them (laughs) and then Things go downhill. Finn does the President Snow thing and burns the whole village. And he really is like He became President Snow. Or you could say he became the Darkling when he literally axed that whole village. That was wild. (laughs) That was wild. I remember watching that. I was like, oh, it's going to take off the top of the trees. And then the whole village sunk. And I was like, well, that was a lot bigger than I thought. Because it was kind of like a perception thing. It looked like it was this little small slice. And it was actually a really large slice. It was just a perception thing. 
So it took out the whole village and Hallie looks over at me and my face was just like, I got nothing. I didn't expect that. Um, so he burns the whole village. Wow. Um, and this is when Renata's like, you know what? F it. I'm going for him. I'm going for the kill. She goes in. She's coming for Finn. Along the way, she's slicing and dicing others. Um, and Skye gets injured during the battle. Um, still unknown as of the end of the first book whether she's alive or not. So that's nice. Um, and we do kind of, oh, I forgot to mention way earlier. Let me set a little like relationship status. They have... Brit has this thing in her book. It's not mates, it's partners. Um, and it did get established that Soren, not Soren, I'm sorry, Senna and Sky are partners. So that's nice. Nice for them. But now Sky might be dead, so <laughs> surprise. Um, so Sky is dying. Um, and Senna and Cade rush to her side. Um, and in the process. Renata has no Fs given and just jumps right over Sky's dying body and goes straight for Finn. <laughs> and that's where it gets fun. Hold on. Trying to get to the point. Is this this person's name, or is that, like, a typo? It's a typo. Oh, that's why I was like, where's the name? Also, before we get further, the one of the things that they're fighting are these things called Striders. And I really can't picture them in my head. I don't know what the heck they look like. I'd have to reread they the look, description. They sound crazy. They kind of, like, greet... They're like... They're kind of like grievers, where you can't really picture them. I don't know. That's like a calling, going to a Maze Runner segment. When they time they talked about the grievers, I couldn't picture them for the life of me. Even when we were watching the movies, I was like, those don't look like grievers. <laughs> so, as a side note, um, just feel like this is important to mention. Finn is the one that stabs Sky. Love. Um, the world stopped. My breath left my body in a violent scream. I said, paralyzed, watching in horror as Sky's body slid from his blade. Well, <laughs> eventually, that was the point where I was like, okay, Finn, you just need to die. This is it. So, this is the point where, like, she is locked in on Finn, and there's just no way around it. Unplug my laptop and plug that in. Um, so she's going straight for Finn. Um,. And then we have the God of Air, which is Renata's cousin, is introduced. Um, and he kind of comes to her and is like, yo. Hey, I'm cuz. here. Nice to meet you. Here I am. I'm here to help. Um, so, Finn stabs Sky, And <laughs> then um, Renata goes in like a hot shot and goes straight in and, you know, decapitates Finn and... That's nice. Um, we had a sorcerer moment. And in said doing so, she kind of just lets her power unleash. 
<laughs> Feyre. And um, she kind of lets it all go and destroys a lot of things around her. You know, rather helpful, Feyre. Um, and in the process, dies and is reborn as the Dark Phoenix. Da, 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 da. And I will read you the last lines of the book. Wow. Okay. God's above, he breathed, and her body rose in the air, encompassed entirely in blue flames. He dropped to his knees, the legion behind him following suit, bowing in respect to the newly made God before them, to the daughter of darkness, wielder of shadows and flame, the dark phoenix, heir to the realm of night. The night had finally risen. Long may she reign. To be continued. And that's the book. Worst folks. cliffhanger ever, because I was like, ah. Uh. And that's the book, folks. So, that, like we said earlier, this is our first ever book review. And if you would like things to be done differently in the next one, let us know. I think the next one when we do with Crescent City is going to flow a lot better. Yeah. Because we'll be able to talk a lot more because we know a lot more Sarah J. Moss information. Oh, so yeah. So, the second book of this series, when we review it, will probably be a lot better review. Oh, yeah. Not to say, like, this book isn't good because it's fantastic. It's just kind of hard to... This is our first book review. We're learning. Um, but that is the whole outline of the book. That's the entirety of the book. Um... Everything that happens. So, Hallie, do you have any additional notes you would like to share with the class? Um. I'm just trying to, like. I don't know. I just have. I have a thought, and I don't know. I assume she may address it later. Um, so, there are two princes. Calix has a brother. But you never see Where the homie at? Because he got whipped. But Unless I'm misremembering, he doesn't get brought back up again until he's talking about how he had to whip. His brother got whipped. And I don't know if he mentions where he's at now. Like, I don't think it says he's dead. Because no. So I'm kind of wondering where he's at. Just saying. It's a thought. A little interested. Interest peaked. Um, and then... What was Cade and Archer exchanging in her room? Yeah, that's what I want to know, too. I don't know. Because she walks by a couple times in Cade's and Archer's room a lot. And I'm like... The way he felt about Imran, I don't necessarily think he was, like, cheating on Imran with Archer. No. But what's going on? Something's there. Because he goes to Archer a lot. And it's never really mentioned that him and Archer were friends. Him and Renata were friends, yeah. and they fell out. But it's I never really mentioned that him and Archer. Want... I feel like it says didn't they like exchange books a lot? I think so because at some point there's a one point in the book where Renata says she goes to seek Archer, and Kate is in her room and he's handing her something, and he tells her thanks and leaves. While ignoring Renata. It kind of makes me wonder, because he goes to her a lot, so it kind of makes me wonder if there is something there. I kind of wonder, like, was there a little something-something on the down low? I don't think he would have cheated. I think he might be silent. Did Maybe it? they're partners. 
That's what I was fixing to say. I wonder if they're partners. Because I don't think it's necessarily said that him and Imran were partners. She says his partner, but I don't know if they ever officially, like, said, like, no, it latched. Yeah, because... I don't know. I wonder if that's what's going to happen. It kind of oh, makes me wonder. Because do they, is it like Sarah J. Moss? Sarah J. Moss, they only get one mate. Is there only one partner? That's true. Maybe like, yeah, maybe Kate and Amron were partners, but what if they, it wasn't his true partner? Yeah. Because you know? wouldn't it be kind of like a Rowan situation? There's got to be something there because they are doing, they're together a lot. They are together a lot. Unless they're just that close of friends, but... I don't know. I'm getting vibes. We'll vibes. have to find out. Um, and then also Cyrus gives Renata magic ointment for her knee because her knee was, like, really bad when she first started training. Same. Um, and can somebody please get that, um, recipe and give it to a lead Lorcan for her ankle? I'll never stop with the ankle. Um, also, I think it's really important to note, Renata was in bed for six days after Amber died. When she was healing and he was, like, coming to her and giving her food, she was in bed for six days. Hmm. That's really depressing. She was that out and about. Anyways. Um, that's kind of all the notes that I had. But overall, like, we really thoroughly enjoyed this book. We both oh, gave yeah. it a 5 out of 5. I think it's great. Um, Britt does say, like, she wishes she would have had um, more editing with the first one. And there is a couple, I mean, there's a couple things. There's a couple typos, and um, some of the things that we discussed might be some plot holes, but, you know, that's only the first book. Maybe she's going to fix it. We don't know. Um, but overall, we gave it a 5 out of 5. She self-published. This was her first book. I mean, hey. I have no room to judge because I know if I put one out, there's probably grammatical errors galore. Um, but we gave it a 5 out of 5. I would give, like, all the ratings a 5 out of 5. Characters writing. All of it. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think she does a good job. She does a good job as far as, like, okay, yes, we said that there's some grammatical errors, but that doesn't knock the writing down in my viewpoint. Because when I'm thinking about writing, I'm thinking about, like, does she word vomit? No. Or does she, like, give it to, like, give me information in a reasonable amount of time, in the correct time? Like, it's not word dumping. Oh, yeah, exactly. So... She does a great job. But we really love this book. And, you know, like I said, if you have a different way that you would like to see us review books in the future, um, let us know. We're still learning. This is our first ever book review. Mm-hmm. Um, and some will have more conversation flow than others. Like, that's just how it is. Like, the House of Earth and Blood is obviously going to have a lot of conversation to it because we're obsessed with Sarah J. Moss and... We've read her other books, so there's going to be other conversations come up about Sarah in that review. Um, and some books just breed more conversation than others. Mm-hmm. But, Allie, final thoughts on Realm of Shadows and Flame? Go read it. 
Please, you won't regret it. Yes. I promise. I'm ready for book two. Oh yeah, I need to get the hardback. The hardback looks so good. Yes, I need to get the hardback, and I'm gonna need to get the second one when it comes out. I'm very excited. Um, like we said earlier, if you haven't listened to our interview with Britt, go listen to it. Um, if you enjoyed this book, you'll really enjoy that interview. And if you haven't read this book, then it'll make you want to read this book, even though we just gave you everything that happens in it. <laughs> um, but yes, we gave it five out of five. No regrets. No, none. Nothing I would change either, I think. So far, so good. I'm interested to see where it goes. I just want to know if... I just want to know what's going on with Archer. <laughs> no, I know. Or something some up her, too! Everybody's got vibes. I feel like she's... You know Renata's the Dark Phoenix, but I feel like Archer is something, too. Archer's gotta be something because she shows the powers of it, in a way, I guess. Maybe she's... Dark Phoenix, number two. Maybe she's an... Maybe she's, like, just a... A parallel to the moon goddess. She's the, um, there's the, there's the light phoenix and the dark phoenix. She's the neutral phoenix. <laughs> She's the gray phoenix. She's the neutral phoenix. The beige phoenix. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's a lot more that she can explore and I'm very excited to see what she does with the rest of the series. Um, but anyways, like we said, next week we're going to be doing House of Earth and Blood. So excited. First book in Crescent Ser- City series by Sarah J. Moss. Emily will be joining us. Um, so be sure and come back for that one. That will be another spoiler-filled review. So if you haven't read Crescent City Book 1, go read it. There will be no Book 2 spoilers because Emily has not read it and neither has, um, Hallie. almost said Emily again. Um, but, yes. So return for next week for that. And we hope you guys enjoyed listening to this week's episode. And give us five stars, rate, review, leave your questions and comments down below, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.